It's a sweltering hot day that sent families out to play on the Illinois River. But downriver, fishermen are hard at work under the hot sun. They're after a fish that most people wish wasn't even here. They're a feisty fish, full of fat. Near Utica in northern Illinois, Ron Brown and his crew are pursuing the aggressive and destructive invasive Asian carp. Everybody has a little different way of doing things. We use a plunger. Everybody usually has one of them at home, right? Makes a concussion in the water. Goes down, scares the fish. A lot of guys, you see me rare, get the motor up and make a lot of noise with that. Who knows which works the best? Well, we all do something a little different each time, so. This is one fish that got away. Jumping when startled has made the silver Asian carp infamous and the river a hazard. Basically, you're taking your life in your own hands if you're going water skiing on some parts of the Illinois River. But they're also starting to adversely affect the aquatic ecosystem. This is what they call the black carp or the big head. The other one's the silver. The silver and big head carp dominate much of the Illinois River, particularly south of Peoria. Both species are escapees from down south. They're voracious plankton eaters imported from China in the 1970s to help clean commercial catfish ponds. During the historic floods of the early 1990s, the carp escaped. They have since settled throughout the Mississippi River system. Now, their insatiable appetites are wreaking havoc on native fish populations. Our native species are thinner today than they were before Asian carp were thriving. As they get skinnier, they're not getting enough food. Uh, the, the Asian carps are more efficient in getting that out of the water, the plankton resources. Uh, the native fish, when they're skinny, then don't have the quality of eggs or the number of eggs and are more susceptible to disease. In some stretches of the Illinois, the fast-growing carp make up more than 90% of the animal life in the river. The fishermen are helping thin those ranks. Hey guys, we need some fish over here. The fish will be made into fertilizer, but not before providing valuable data to the Illinois Department of Natural Resources. They are tracking the advancing population as it gets ever closer to Lake Michigan, 70 miles away. 4352. The fish removal is one small part of a $78 million federal effort to keep the Asian carp from taking over the Great Lakes. The Great Lakes, like San Francisco Bay, uh, is, is one of these places in the world that has really been hammered by invasive species. A lot of people outside the Great Lakes region don't realize that the Great Lakes are home to an extraordinarily valuable $7 billion fishery. And so that fishery is really a, a potential serious venue for the Asian carp to show up and really disrupt the, the ecosystem, the economy, and the culture of the Great Lakes. Before the Asian carp could reach Lake Michigan and potentially devastate that fishery, they would have to cross from the Mississippi Basin to the Great Lakes Basin, which were once entirely separate water systems. This basin line is the, is the line in the sand, uh, and this basin line has also been pierced, most notably in the Chicago metropolitan area 110, 111 years ago. The Chicago River rolls past landmarks of 20th century American architecture, but the river's route is a product of 19th century engineering. 
Back then, the river swept raw sewage out to Lake Michigan, the source of Chicago's drinking water. So Chicago reversed the flow of its river. So it embarked on a multi-year, massive Panama Canal-like infrastructure project to literally reverse the flow of the Chicago River so that the lake flushed into the river in the wrong direction, connect to the Chicago Sanitary and Ship Canal that would dump it in the Des Plaines River, dump it in the Illinois River, dump it in the Mississippi River. The opening of the Chicago Sanitary and Ship Canal in 1900 also created a shipping and transportation route from the Great Lakes to the Gulf of Mexico. Our forefathers you know, had a pretty good thing going when they utilized um, our inland waterways, and if you look at the population centers, we started developing population centers around the inland waterway system. To keep Asian carp from exploiting this artificial link between the two basins, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers constructed an underwater electric barrier in 2002. It's very fine-tuned to uh, make the fish feel uncomfortable without stunning it. It's weaker on the periphery and stronger in the center, so as the fish approaches it, the fish feels a little bit of discomfort and can respond to that. To test the barrier, dozens of common carp and other fish in the canal have been tagged with transmitters and monitored. We have received uh, transmissions back, data back, on uh, 1.2 million times we've received their, those uh, transmitters so we know where the fish are. And of those times, no fish have crossed the barrier. But doubt has been cast on the barrier's effectiveness by a new surveillance method developed at the University of Notre Dame, environmental DNA. The eDNA technique that we've used is sort of the environmental equivalent of what forensic scientists are doing every day at crime scenes. That crime scene, in the case of the Asian carp, has been Chicago's Lake Calumet. In 2009, DNA from an Asian carp was found in the lake. This meant Asian carp had found their way upstream of the electric fish barrier and were only six miles from Lake Michigan. Skeptics question eDNA's validity until an invasive big head carp was found in Lake Calumet several months later. Number 12. Teams staffed by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and the EPA continue the search for carp DNA on Lake Calumet. We try to think like a fish and pick sites that might be shallower water, lower flow, um, areas that we know Asian carp like to habitate. University of Notre Dame scientist Christopher Jurdy helped develop the eDNA process. We all excrete DNA, right? Right now we're shedding skin cells and that's becoming dust. Well, the same is true for any organism that's in the water. There's this trail of DNA that's being left behind. To find that trail, water samples are filtered. Next, a chemical treatment breaks down the captured cells, releasing the DNA. The sample is combined with a marker specific to Asian carp. What happens is you put it in a thing called a thermocycler, and it replicates the DNA but only the DNA that you're looking for. And when we put it under a light, UV light, it glows. And if we get that glowing band at the right spot, we know that we had big head or silver carp DNA 